What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and we're here with episode 12 of season one of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And this is a very special, a very special episode. I, f- I feel like uh, I'm announcing for one of those, uh, if you're old like me, you remember like in those, those 80s shows that used to come on at night, and whenever they would address some, some, topic that was affecting teens they would often have these daytime aired episodes so that kids could watch you know a very special blossom uh, yeah i kind of feel like that because this is our this is a very special episode and i'll go into that shortly but along for the ride in the digital studio we have our usual crew des AKA the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, my friend? Uh, nothing, nothing much. But I'm glad that you're all here to tune in for a very special episode of Gaming Vessels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have the Food Max of Gaming, Trader Joe. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just enjoying my shock and horror Tuesday. We're not recording this on a Sunday. It's Tuesday. You know what? <laughs> you realize? You realize people. You know who are listening to us don't know what day it is, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> you know it's, what, it's whatever day you're listening to this yeah. show. So. Yes, yes. If if you need a a, a reality pinpoint uh, so you don't slip into uh, uh, some type of uh, invert, what was that movie inversion where it was a dream on top of a dream oh, on top Inception. of a dream? Inception. We are recording on August eighth. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> of 2017. Mm. So to keep you from flop from flopping into that, but. The reason it's a very special episode is we have our first listener interview discussion on this episode. We've got my man here, Raphael. He's been a a Destiny guru. Uh, I know, at least for me, because I suck at multiplayer. Uh, (laughs) Back when we were... Back when I was recording on Gamer Husbands, joining us for game nights. Uh, Raphael, what's going on, dude? What's up? Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, folks, as we've said before, we are a we want to be a, a listener involved show, and uh, you can do just what Raphael's done by getting in contact with us at gamingvessels at gmail dot com and ask to be on the show, and we will discuss. You know, bring whatever discussions you want. Uh, relevant to gaming and gaming culture and all that goodness. Um, so, Raphael, uh, looks like you want to talk about some virtual reality. I so, do. All right. So we're going to turn the floor over to you, sir. Uh, but what's been your experience with with VR? Uh, what's what? Let's go. So start at the genesis of it. What piqued your interest in it? Uh, have you made that jump, that fairly sizable jump, although it's come down in price recently? Have you made that uh, investment into VR, and uh, what's it done for you? Yeah, so uh, I guess it started off, I was kind of looking at uh, picking up a Sony VR, uh, a PlayStation VR, uh, mainly because there was a couple games that were like rating really good and a lot of people were raving about. Um, and then right about the time I was kind of, you know, looking at prices and, and, uh, I honestly went into it thinking I would buy it and maybe there'd be a good chance I would return it. 
And then right about that time, um, I saw that the Oculus Rift was on sale, that they had dropped the price to three ninety nine. Uh, so it made it right about the same price as the PSVR, and I already had the computer that could run it. So I went ahead and jumped on the Oculus Rift. And what's been your uh, impressions on the Oculus Rift thus far? So, so like initially, honestly, I thought, like I said, there's a good chance I'm going to return this. Really? But, um, yeah. Okay, now, uh, now, now, why do you say that, though? Is it an experience that you've had with it, or is it just you, you feel that the technology hasn't really matured, or is it the content? What, what, what has brought you that, to that uh, conclusion at this point? Well, it, at first it was, I was looking at this and I'm looking at, you know, yeah, there's two or three good games, but are those two or three good games worth $300 essentially or $400? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, probably not. So I kept talking myself out of it. But then once I saw again that the Oculus Rift was only on a temporary sale, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. And if I don't like it, I'll just return it because it seemed like the best entry point, you know, at, at 399 it was kind of a steal considering where it had been. Yeah, didn't it start out at 600 bucks or 650 something like that? It was up there, yeah. Um, and so I went in thinking, you know, there's probably going to be one game I may like. It's probably not going to be worth it. But I, I actually, uh, from the get-go, when you first put on the headset, uh First of all, it's really streamlined. Like it comes in a nice packaging, um, and you uh, you go into setting it up, and right after you get done setting it up, they do this little demo or a mini game, if you will. And uh, man, I, it was, I was blown away. It was much more immersive than I thought it would be. Wow. So, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question as well. Have you tried any of the other? Uh, VR headsets either at a, at a kiosk or something, and what's your if you have, how do they compare with the the Oculus Rift? Uh, honestly, I have not tried any of the other ones, just the Oculus. Okay, okay, okay. And for the folks at home, you said you had a PC that can run it. What are the specs on your rig? Um, it's just a it's a computer that I built. It's got a Core i7. Um, I think it's a 6700K. Mm. I'm not sure. It's one of the, I think it's a Skylake. It's a, about a generation old. Okay. Um, and then, you know, my graphics card is a 1070. Yeah. That's uh, the same one I got. Which, which, yeah. which, uh, what variant do you have? I have a, a, a MSI. The okay. whole build is an MSI build, MSI board, motherboard and graphics card. Okay. Okay. And what games have you been playing on it? Uh, I've been playing several of them. Uh, Robo Recall is the one that you kind of see in the uh, commercials with the uh, where you're shooting the robots. It's the one made by Epic Games, uh, and it's fantastic. Um, also, been playing a game called Chronos, which is like a uh, RPG, um, and it's made by the people from Gunfire Games. I don't know if you guys remember them, but they were uh, ex-Vigil uh, Games employees that oh, okay. comprised Gunfire Games. Oh, wow. That's um, the same team that did Darkstalkers, I think, right? Or yeah, Dark exactly. Siders. Dark, Dark Siders. Dark Siders. God, I always get me those two <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, that's uh, cool. 
other than that, just just a couple others. Uh, Lone Echo is by Ready at Dawn. Um, and uh, so I've been playing a lot of games. I actually jumped on several games. And I'll, I, I don't know, do you want me to get into them now or do you want me to jump on that later when we do our the playlist? Yeah, you, the floor is yours, sir. You can get into it now or however, however you oh, want to do it. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, I guess I'll, I'll just talk about we're that. A free, we're a free form show here. So. All right. <laughs> So Robo Recall is kind of basically like your like an arcade shooter is really what it is. Um, but it's it's really well done. Um, so like what really makes people sick in VR and including myself is when you're actually moving, like not just like standing still, like if your character is walking, for example. Um, that's what makes you sick because you're not moving and your character is, and for some reason it messes with your brain. So what they've done to remedy that is a lot of games use like a basically like a a teleport, um, and so that's what Robo Recall does is you you teleport when you move instead of actually walking, and then you just uh, rotate 360 degrees and shoot you know whatever is coming at you. But um, it's pretty cool. You got all kinds of different guns and attachments you can add to them. It's a lot of fun. Chronos, like I said before, is just basically a, a uh, RPG, and I'm not gotten too far into it, but it, I can tell that I'm already gonna like it. It's really nice. Um, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic uh, setting, from what I can gather. Um, there's definitely some technology in there, but it's also like a kind of medieval slant to it. So um, it, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, and then Lone Echo, which is a game by Ready at Dawn is this game is essentially like you're in space and what really differentiates this game from the rest of them is you're essentially weightless and you use the controls to grab things in the environment and propel yourself along uh so it works really really well this is one of the uh this game probably would make you the sickest out of all the ones i've mentioned uh, it even made me sick in fact Matter of fact, uh, Kevin, when, when I first threw on the headset, within like five minutes, I thought I was going to throw up. Oh, wow. man. <laughs> wow. Like, and I'm talking about like from the very beginning with Robo Recall. So Lone Echo was even harder. But as as I acclimated to it, it became less and less uh, nauseating. <laughs> okay. And it, it makes it sound horrible, but it really wasn't a horrible experience. It was like because I was blown away at the immersion. I never expected it to be as immersive as it was. Um, and I'll just mention a couple others here on the list. Arizona Sunshine, which is uh, you use a teleport to move, but it's a uh, you're out in the desert and you're shooting zombies, and it's it's a whole lot of fun. And you walk around and open car doors and uh, look for bullets or whatever you can find. Um, another game, Landfall, is kind of like uh, an RTS perspective, if you will, or God mode. But it's not an RTS. You control like one player and you move them around. It's almost like playing with toys on a table is what it what it feels like. But I really liked that game. It was a lot of fun. Um, and well, uh, yeah, go ahead. What okay, let, let me just ask you this this one question real quick. Yeah. Uh, your experience with the Oculus Rift. Do you think you it? Is this product enticing you to maybe try out the what is it the HTC Vive and see 
the difference between that and the rift or is it um or right, or my or maybe a better question would be it's like are you seeing this is you're jumping into this new technology you're enjoying it uh from what you've experienced so thus far would you be inclined to jump to the HTC variant of of VR so for me i would say no better? yeah for me i would say no okay uh the price point is like double what this is and the experience is probably not twice as good as okay. what this is but i will say this and not to knock i know you guys are all uh pretty big on playstation but looking back at playstation i can see where it would not be as good as oculus and the reason i say that is the the psvr uses a uh, just one camera i believe to track you mm-hmm. and so i i could see where that could be a problem uh give you an example uh, the the set that i bought uh, is the 399 set and there's basically that's i bought the old skew but they came out with a skew for just this summer or however long that is 399 that comes with the headset and the motion controls all in one box so for 399 you get two sensors that you set, you know, to your left and right, and then you use the motion controls that way. And the reason I mentioned this is because uh, with two sensors, you don't get full room VR. So if you turn around, there's potential that the sensor may not pick up your controller. Uh-huh. So you can see where if you just had one camera, there would be some issues like that. Right. Um, right. But it, just going back to how much I enjoyed it, once I had that problem, which was actually pretty far and a few between, I opted to go get a third sensor so I could do full room VR. Oh, wow. So, uh, and it, it does make a difference because you can turn around all the way and you'll always have a sensor that tracks your motion. Okay. How many sensors does this unit support? Um, I think three is the max, if, I, if I'm correct. Uh, and I think the, the HTC, I believe, comes out of the box with four. Uh, if I, I may be, I may be mistaken on that, but it definitely comes with uh, at least one more sensor than the Oculus. So, as far as uh, full room VR, they say that the HTC is better. Okay. And it, it also has a better system for because I mean you will hit stuff if you don't like pay attention to your guardian. So what what you, when you set up the headset, there's something called the guardian on the Oculus, and you like basically use your motion controller and you trace your ga- gameplay area in it. So then when you're playing, if you come near that spot, you see like a blue grid that tells you you're near your the edge of your game space, so that you don't you know punch your monitor. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually did that once. I punched my monitor because I ignored the guardian. <laughs> Do you have like yeah. a setup in a room or something, or where, where do you have a setup at? Great question. Um, so another thing in the experience when I was looking at this, I was like, man, like I don't have room for this, you know. But I think that what people, including myself, neglect a lot of the time is you don't have to set this up like in your entertainment center, like because everything you see is on the actual like VR headset. So as long as you have like a computer, like you don't have to even have a big monitor. You can have a little flimsy little monitor somewhere and you set up a little area. Myself, uh, so in our bedroom, we have my bed and then uh, there's a 
good size moderate area um, between my bed and my TV and then my computer to the right of my TV. And so I play in that area rather than in our living room because in our living room we have a coffee table. So there's just, there wouldn't be any room without moving it. But it works well, like I said, because you don't have to be in the center of some kind of entertainment center. Like you can pick any empty space. And as long as you have some way of plugging everything in and, and making it run, then you're good. All right, Rafael, do you wear do you wear glasses? I do not. Okay. Cause that's been one of my uh my issues. I wear prescription glasses and anytime I attempt I've attempted to utilize any of the commercial uh visual enhancement technologies like 3d glasses um i did some type of vr thing a few years ago uh, i don't even remember what it was it might have been it was something i was at some amusement park or something where i, I put it on all that stuff gives me migraines because my my eyeballs have to process, not only process the prescription as they're seeing through the lens, because that's really the only way I can see. I, otherwise, without them, I'm blind as a bat. And they're also having to take in this extra layer of visual enhancement that just my eyes say, oh, I'm out. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And I get this crazy migraine. So. Uh, if you were a prescription glasses user, I was going to ask if how your how your eyes reacted to that, uh, or oh. maybe that's something just unique to me. <laughs> well, I, I no, could uh, I, I could tell you, Kevin, right now. I mean, uh, we never had the opportunity to drag it to Best Buy to try the PlayStation VR because you know me, I wear damn thick glasses. I'm like bottle caps for god's sake and uh i had no da no problem whatsoever playing battle zone and then uh, doing the um uh vr worlds playstation vr demo on there so i would say i i know the days of sony demoing this at various retailers might have come and gone on there but if you do get an opportunity maybe at a show or something i would say give it a shot you know so i think uh it's definitely a valid concerned though like uh i would say if you're like i love 3d even to this day i don't think it's a gimmick and um like i said when i first put the headset on i was incredibly nauseated within like i only did it for like five minutes or so the first time but it gets better and it also depends on the game you're playing okay and as far as the games that you've been playing on this um one of the criticisms that I hear is that these are more like uh, proofs of concept as opposed to complete games. Uh, at least with the titles that you've played, uh, how do you feel about that uh, that criticism? You think it's valid, or do you think there's more content more recently since the technology has been introduced that are actually quote unquote complete games? Because I, I kind of think that's a that term is subject to a, a great deal of uh, interpretation, <laughs> let's say. So uh, how do you feel on that? No, I mean, I think I think that's a great point. Uh, I'll give you an example of Arkham VR. Uh, Arkham VR is is not, I wouldn't even call it a game. And it's cool, like, but it's an experience. It's really short. You can beat the game and, I mean, it's probably like 20 minutes, like, 
so, I mean, I, I think it's a valid point. I think there's a lot of games like that. Another one that I played was Everest that I got in a bundle. And it's like, I played it for like 10 minutes and I was like, this sucks. And I deleted it <laughs> because like, like it, it, what it really was, was like basically like a documentary on Everest. And then you would like move like across a, a ladder across a gap for like two minutes. And then you'd go back to another documentary. It was just really bad. So, I mean, I think there's a lot, definitely a lot of that, but I, I also think I've found enough value in the games that I've played and I've not beaten any of the games that I have except for Arkham VR. Um, you know, and I don't, I mean like a five hour long game is a decent size game for me because I don't get a whole lot of time to play, you know? So, uh, you know, some of these games are like 11 hours. I think Kronos is up there in the 11 hour range. Um, so there's definitely value out there in my opinion. Awesome. Awesome. I just wanted to add something. So did you say that you were going to take it back or you're going to keep it? So I'm keeping it, but okay. I, I went into it thinking I'm going to return this. Like, okay. So why did you change your mind? What was what was it that really just kind of cemented in your fact that, no, that, that this is a, a system worth keeping and worth exploring and, and seeing where it goes, you know, because I'm, I'm with Kevin. Like some of these games seem like a, uh, a proof of concept or, or, or they're games that they're just kind of like using to to sort of I don't want to say test out the the um, the validity of um, of VR, but just kind of like trying to do different things so so I, like i'm excited that people are trying to do different things but i'm not really sure if it's there yet you know you know yeah yeah i mean for me uh there was a the immersion level was unlike anything else i've ever done uh and so that was that and just the experiences that i was finding that cemented it for me Okay, because that that was one of the things that I was that I was you know thinking about. It's like like you, you spend a, you spend a lot of this money, um, but is there enough to kind of like capture? Do, because because yeah. and and maybe it's just because I like I watch a lot of the gameplay of people playing VR, and I've seen it on Twitch, and I've seen it on YouTube, and and sometimes it feels like the the, the hands kind of flail around a little bit. Um, I I can't I think it was the one of the mech games that they were playing. Um, and, and I mean, is it responsive? You know, do you feel like you're actually playing the game or do you miss a lot? I mean, how accurate is, is the, is the performance, is the gameplay, um, in these VR games, in your opinion? That's a, another great question. Uh, I think, uh, uh, it's very responsive and like for the most part, I've only played with two sensors. So keep that in mind. And now I have a third, but for the most part, I've only played with two. Um, and like, you know, when you watch, do you, have you guys seen the robo recall commercial? I, I, I have not. I think I have. And that, that's, that's the one that like, I'm thinking about. Um, like, like they show the guy crossing his arms and shooting and doing yeah. all kinds of crazy. Yeah. Like you do just that when you're playing it. It's not just a gimmick. Like that's, you're moving your hands in all kinds of different directions, shooting people and opposite sides of the room robots. Uh, it's, it's really fun. So okay. what games are you are you really anticipate or, or 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 waiting for you know as well as what games would you suggest you know our listeners pick up and and try if they're if they're um if they do have a system or thinking about getting a system um yeah uh, Robo Recall I think is 
fantastic. Uh, and a lot of the games that I've mentioned, other than Arkham, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend Arkham VR unless you get it really cheap. Uh, and as far as like looking forward to, I'm just looking forward to, you know, like Insomniac made a game. Um, and I'm just looking forward to more of these bigger developers coming over and making good experiences, you know? What's your feeling on uh, ports? You know, I know I've been seeing like Bethesda bringing over like Doom and Skyrim and a few other, you know, like uh, Fallout. And granted, I know it's it's good to get these uh, game-like experiences, these full games kind of ported over to VR. Uh, are you excited for these or are you more looking for new experiences with it? Um, uh, that's, I don't really know, man. Uh, I think I think I would probably play one of those ports um I, I the thing that i'm hesitating for is that's a lot of time to invest into uh you know for those games but like for example super hot you guys remember that game where you like when you move everything moves mm-hmm. yeah so it, it they have a vr super hot version and it, it's it's pretty good i like it um so i i don't know i, I guess it really depends on the game if it's just tacked on VR, I don't think it would be that much fun. But yeah, what I'm hoping for, and I know Bethesda's kind of coming in afterwards on this, but I would prefer that uh, they would take a Capcom-like approach, like what they did with Resident Evil Seven, and and just hold it off for new games that have VR support built in upon on launch you know because you're dealing with older games being released and to me that's what i'm looking at at least myself to make an investment in vr especially um to have support for games like you know ace combat 7 you know resident evil 7 where um i'm going to have an enhanced uh, experience by actually utilizing a VR headset versus playing it normally on my uh, normal couch, you know, as far as to be able to, you know, just go all in with these particular, you know, console titles or, you know, usual titles that I'll be playing on PC or on, um, you know, my favorite gaming console per se. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, that makes sense. Now are all these games, um, platform specific specific sorry like can you only play certain games on oculus or can you only play certain games on uh, psvr or are the, are all of these games for all these different systems uh so it depends on the game some of them are like robo recall is a oculus exclusive um and then games like super hot and arkham vr you can buy them on steam and then use your oculus with it so when, when you plug in your oculus like there's a a whole oculus interface and a program that runs and then you can on top of that run like steam vr um and the steam vr will play friendly with the oculus even though it's more designed for the htc and that's something else uh rafael how many wires are you actually bound to with with this and how have you found that restricts your movement or it, or has that been an issue for you? Cause I know that's a complaint with the PSVR is there's with the breakout box and the multiple wires that run from the headset to the uh, PlayStation. Uh, that's been, at least from what I've heard from users of it, it's one of its biggest uh, hindrances is the amount of wires that's coming from the unit itself. So what's your experience with that? So for the Oculus, you have your two sensors if you buy the 
standard box, and then they run a USB cord to the computer. Then the Oculus headset itself has a USB cord and a HDMI cable that plug into your computer, and then they combine into one cable and come into your headset. And for the most part, it's been a non-issue. I mean, it's definitely there. Like, there's been a couple times where the wire has gotten in the way, but it's it's maybe two times in the entire time I've played. It's not really that bad. Okay. It's and it's a good size. It's pretty long. Like it, I can easily traverse my play area, which the system itself considers moderate. Like when you set it up, it tells you this is too small. This is moderate. Um, and so it, it's really not been a problem. Okay. Cool. Cool. And have you tried just playing regular games via the the Rift? Uh, What's that experience been like for you? Or like maybe watched a movie? Um, I haven't tried watching a movie. Uh, the the but It looks pretty cool when you do the desktop mode from Steam. You can actually like look at your computer in desktop mode in VR. But I don't know how, how I would... My thinking when I first got this was I would play some games in VR using just like a sit down with a controller on basically like a, you know, 70 inch screen or whatever it is that it projects. But like I, I found that I don't do that near as much. Um, I honestly don't even know that I've played any games, like just in theater, what they call theater mode. Theater mode. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I think most of the time when I put it on, I want to play something with the motion controllers, and which is weird because I'm not really a like I, I bought arms and I play arms with the buttons on the Switch, um, and I'm not really a motion control guy but it's a whole new ball game with vr like okay and have you now you've heard of the uh oh what uh, it was right i was just getting ready to talk about it uh microsoft's uh augmented reality uh, i forget what they call that unit uh in which it you're you see your your actual space but it brings in virtual objects you know, into you into view that you can interact with. I think what was it two years ago that they had that um, Hololens, right? Hololens, that's it. Uh, they had the Minecraft demonstration that that did look very impressive. Um, are does that type of technology uh, interest you as well, or what? Uh, I mean, obviously there's a there's a price issue with that Hololens unit itself, but um, does that type of technology interest you? And how do you think that will uh, uh, compare with VR? Because I know some people like a full immersion, like what you're discussing, and others like to not be completely walled away from the from the real world, quote unquote. Yeah, um, for me, uh, so like the HTC Vive has a camera on the front of it. And they can do some augmented reality, I believe. I may have made that up. I don't know. Uh, but I, it doesn't. I mean, HoloLens definitely does not appeal to me. What they've shown, I think it's garbage. I think it's Connect 3.0. And I'm still waiting on Connect Change the World. Uh, <laughs> oh, you so, can maybe call Incoming that, X-Bot Rage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I was going to be the Xbox Defense Force on here, but... <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I mean, Connect Connect is complete garbage, and I'm pretty sure Hololens is the same. 
but <laughs> uh, that's probably why that guy from Bethesda, so the one of the heads of Bethesda went to work on HoloLens and just went back to Bethesda. That's got to say something, right? <laughs> um, I kind of see HoloLens uh, and, and that augmented technology having a greater usage in the sciences, like engineering, medical research, that type of thing. I really don't see it as being gaming. I mean, I don't want to be playing, you know, Gears of War, for example, and actually have to reach out and grab my clip off my desk, you know, in, you know, in my living room oh, and slap on. it in there. It, it just, it seems to just kind of take take it out. But I would like to see how an architect would go about, you know, designing a building and having all of these objects and moving them around and you know running the calculations for structural rigidity in real time in 3d space i think that would i think that's really where that technology is going to shine that, that that's just me I, I think uh there'll probably be some place for some kind of augmented reality vr hybrid technology but but i don't think hololens is it Okay. Oh, don't you want to play Gears of War like hiding behind your couch? Come on. I'll get in reality. Right? <laughs> now, okay, now. <laughs> nope. I, I barely want to play Gears of War as it is. Wow. Now, now that said, that <laughs> said, that said, I do have a game that I'm playing on in VR. That's it's called Onward, and it's early access. It's on Steam, and it's basically like uh, SOCOM or uh, Insurgency. I don't know if you guys have ever played that game. It's like a military shooter, and you'll like lay down on the ground. And you, you know, drop your clip. And that's the thing, man. All these games in VR, like you drop your clip, like by hitting a button and you take a new clip and load it up. A lot of them. It's pretty cool. Right. So are you. And you may have already you, you I, I, I think you've already answered this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're excited for the future of this technology. And uh, what. Just from your experience that you've had with it thus far, uh, would you like to see in an update, like a version 2.0? Is there anything that uh, is maybe not a hindrance, but something that you would like to see addressed in a future variant of the hardware? Uh, I mean, I think a, a any kind of wireless system would be better than a wired one, as long as it works seamlessly. And then other than that, the big thing is just better resolution. Because, I mean, you can, like, when you're playing these games in VR, like, the resolution is supposedly, uh, like, 1080 by 1200, I believe, per eye for the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive, at least. And um, I think uh, you can actually see some pixelation and everything. It doesn't really take you out of it, but it's definitely there. Um, but I think uh, just improving the resolution is the biggest thing I would want. Really? Okay. I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that because I know that was a major criticism of the PSVR. Uh, say, like, if you were playing Drive Club VR and you looked at an image of that and an image of, you know, Drive Club uh, Vanilla, there was a substantial drop in uh, graphic fidelity. But, you know, that was, you know, a result of hardware not being having to make uh 
allowances due to the restrictions of the uh, of the hardware, the virtual reality hardware, and you know not having it being attached to a you know a, fair, a high end PC. But I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you're seeing that you're seeing pixelation because I thought that was something that that really wasn't an issue, or if it was, it was barely noticeable. So I'm curious, what games are you playing that is showcasing that pixelation the most? So, I mean, you can see it in, in every game, but let me put it this, like when I was first researching for this, I heard that statement was there's pixelation, there's black borders that you see on the goggles, but I can promise you this, if you put on one of these VR headsets and you like it, you're not gonna notice that. Like, okay. I mean, it's there, but it, like I said, it doesn't detract from the experience. I mean, and when you, going back to the PSVR, I think that the, the, just throw this in there in this topic is that the PSVR, compared to the other two headsets, I would say the biggest uh, difference that you're gonna experience like on a, uh, from an experience standpoint is just gonna be the fact that the motion controls are not as sensitive and as responsive as, as your Oculus Rift or your HTC Vive. I think even dropping in resolution and uh, it's not something that you're really gonna pay too much attention to because it's so immersive, even with all that stuff. like. Are you there? Yeah, okay. I thought I thought you dropped out for a second. <laughs> well, okay, so all right then. I have so a quick question. So, are you? Do you like for me? The one thing that I'm thinking about with when I look at when I look at like VR and stuff like that, dancing games. Like, like, do we have any of those coming out? Like, can we do a little Dance Dance Revolution in VR, or is that not too many wires, or or what? I mean, that's not my thing. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just like shooting robots. <laughs> I, I just asked that because, like, you know, you know, it's going to come out at some point. You know, there's still someone's going to do some like, you know, VR aerobics kind of thing. And I'm just like, OK, you know, what what else are we going to do in VR? You know, that, that because, you know, yeah. VR, they, they got to get VR to appeal to a much, you know, a, a wider audience. So, like. Like there has to be certain, you know, in my opinion, there has to be certain certain titles or, or games that's going to try to, you know, scratch that itch of, of, of people who are who, who might be on the fence or or are non or non, you know, traditional hardcore gamers, you know, that that can look at this and be like, you know, OK, let's just do this, you know, with our with our friends or our families, you know, or, or something like that. So, like, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, and, and what I haven't seen as well and please correct me if i'm wrong is i don't see a lot of vr games that have uh like two person elements unless i'm completely uh, and i miss something like like can you have a vr game or is there a vr game in which two people have two 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 headsets and they're playing the same game together like are, are we there yet with that are we not or like or, or how does how does vr pvp look i mean are we there with that you know, or is that something we're waiting for yeah. in the future as well? That's for the so whole the game of Onward. Okay, so the game Onward that I mentioned is a uh, is only player versus player okay. shooter, online shooter. Okay. So we're there. You know, there, we're there. And there's all. There's also uh, Star Trek Bridge Command. I believe that is mul that's a co-op. Uh, and Eve Valkyrie. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a number of multiplayer games, Desmond. The problem is, is that, especially with on the PlayStation VR side, from what I heard, like Starblood Arena is a multiplayer game, uh, so is Rigs on there. But the problem is, is that uh, there's no one online playing. There's not enough oh. communities, enough players right now oh. to really propagate, especially with uh, Starblood Arena. Starblood Arena kind of reviewed well, but unfortunately it's mainly a multiplayer game and no one's playing it right now it's like um i can't understand that i mean that for, for something like that it kind of boggles my mind because you would think that that having like that'd be that'd be one of the things that that you would want to do like being in the cockpit of something or or, or playing vr against someone else it seems like one of those things that would be a no-brainer so it, it makes me think that either you know the systems are too high, meaning in costs, or or maybe uh, the gameplay is not there yet. You know, I just because that for me it just seems like that is something that just seems like you know a no brainer. Like we're definitely having you know VR PvP. You know, you're ducking out of windows or shooting people. I mean that that seems and like and, and having having it be like this kind of that marriage of like hand eye coordination when you're doing something when you're actually like viewing it through vr it just seems like that's where it needs to be and and so i'm surprised that that more people aren't at least playing those those games you know i'm 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 very surprised by that i mean it's i i kind of think about what could be what could be stopping people from 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 going into like going into doing this stuff is it the cost is it the requirements of the of the systems you have to run i mean because it just seems like you know the one thing that pushes me out of vr is just the one thing i'm worried about getting sick like like you're talking about earlier but but it's something that you would just have to overcome the more times you play it you know and i, I sort of can feel like that because i wasn't really a first person player for a long time and it took me a long time to get used to playing that so I figured that the same kind of learning curve would be there with with VR, but you know, at the same time, it's like, what's stopping people? You know, and and the only thing I can come to would be like it's the, it would be the cost. You know, but if the cost is coming down, you would think that you know consumer buy-in would go up, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So I don't know. It's just it's just weird. You know, the VR thing is just kind of weird to me about that aspect. What do you guys think? Um, I think in order to get what I think you're aiming for, Des, you're going to have to have a, virtu- a VR headset that's completely wireless, no bigger than the size of a standard standard pair of glasses that you can pick up at any drugstore and have a price point like maybe 100 bucks, maybe 150 bucks. Uh, it, the, the technology is really going to have to improve from a form factor part because you, you, you know, you're talking, you mentioned like doing dance, dance revolution. That's a lot of activity. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I, you know, I, I, I know what the PSVR headset looks like and I know what the, the, uh, uh, the Oculus looks like. I ain't putting no three hundred, four hundred dollar thing on my head and jumping around yeah. and having that thing yeah. fly off and crack over. Yeah, that makes crack. sense. That does make sense. You know. So uh, I think what I think the technology has to mature more, and and that's kind of like the 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 that's the that's the rub. You know, you want the technology has to mature more. 
so you can get a smaller form factor, prices can drop, and more people can get into it. But on the other hand, you have people are you know your your casuals, quote unquote, are looking at that, and I'm putting that on my head because I I've you know I've heard it, <laughs> you know, uh, from just listening to. Uh, just at work, you know, people who are, have no interest in gaming whatsoever, you know, in the lunch counter at the lunchroom, they're telling my kid wants a, a VR headset, you know, and they're like, well, he's, he looks like a dork with that thing on. Now, granted, these are <laughs> soccer moms and, you know, office ladies, you know, the closest thing to a gaming, a video game they have is Candy Crush on their phone. So, there's that, but it's that in order to get that wide adoption, the technology is going to have to mature. But in order for it to mature, people have to get on in this pioneering stage of the technology and buy in so that there's revenue that's going to generate the next round of R&D to get it to where it needs to be. So... Yeah, you know, that that's just kind of the way I look at yeah, it. Man. And I remember the Virtual Boy when that came out, and Joe had that, and I remember playing that game with the red lines and looking at it, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting, but it was like that weird red vector graphics everywhere, and it was, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was horrible, but I didn't like it. But but I was like, okay, this is cool. They're they're, they're pushing it, and now it's like it's back, you know, and and I would hate for this to go the way of the dodo because technology isn't there yet quote unquote you know so and then we have to wait another you know 20 plus years for the next one um is, is what i'm hoping like I, I like i want vr to succeed but i just don't know if it can and i'm you know and i'm sad about that like part of me is sad sad about that so so yeah. what's what is stopping you guys from jumping in for me, it's the price, for me, it's the price point. Uh, for me, it's the price point and the fact that I don't think I have, uh, for the Oculus, I don't have uh, a system that's powerful enough to, to, to play. At least I don't think I do. Um, and then I just, I don't know, something about the, the games that I've seen so far, I, I, just, I just don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know, you know. Um, I, just, I just don't know um, if, if, if I'm there yet to to play a um a vr game you know and, and hearing you speak about it was just like you know okay you know um it's not all that bad you know it's not all that bad so that's for me personally i don't know what about you joe what's stopping you from buying one although because i know you've been on the fence like you said for like since it came out you've been on the fence so i, I yeah i yeah. expect you to I buy have... one like tomorrow like I, I had it pre-ordered before it came out, and then I canceled my pre-order, and I've been kind of off and on just debating about I've just been kind of waiting. Real, real quick, at least what did the, you have pre-ordered? Did you have the Oculus uh, or did you have the PS? No, PSVR. PSVR okay. Yeah. No, Oculus, I don't have a powerful enough PC okay. to run. I got a GeForce 960, and I believe I have a um, Pentium, like an i5. The Pentium. I got an Intel i5. <laughs> Pentium. Bring it on. <laughs> but... Uh, um, as, you know, I've been off and on about the PlayStation VR, and it's just, uh, you know, I've seen what Sony has done with uh, maybe, uh, say, the PlayStation Vita, <laughs> the PSP. You know, I've seen other Sony peripherals kind of go off the way of the dodo. And so 
I've been keeping an eye on what they've been doing to support it and getting like all the third parties kind of in the same boat on there. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, I only have so much time to play what I have to play. And um, the implementation right now of the technology on the PlayStation side, I think it's kind of lacking. I didn't like the fact that the breakout box had uh, numerous issues, you know, with the, you know, especially if you're running a 4K TV and the breakout box only supports 1080p and people are having to do uh, like a kind of a, a homebrew or like a uh, like a kind of workaround to get everything to work properly with their 4K televisions on that. And also to the fact that, you know, I, I'm not sure yet, you know, as far as the um, experiences on uh, VR in general. I mean, I want them to be more like, say, Resident Evil 7 or Res Infinite, where I can actually enhance an actual game that I'm looking forward to playing or playing something like Farpoint. You know, I don't want to get like, you know, like US Army Simulator or like, you know, a VR experience from like, you know, um, like a BBC documentary or anything like that. Or to watch, even though I know they, they talked about a, a, at nauseum at the beginning, watching sporting events in VR. I mean, I would love to at some point to be able to do that, but um, I just want to see the proof of concept kind of developed a little bit more in my opinion. So, so interesting uh, point. Uh, the Oculus supposedly when I was doing my research, when I bought it was in third place out of the other three headsets. Um, and so that was one of the reasons why they dropped the price. Another reason is a rumored reason that supposedly there's going to be a second generation Oculus Rift coming out in January, which is supposedly wireless. And I personally don't think that rumor is true because like, I just don't think the technology has advanced that far to equal the same kind of uh, experience that you can get on a wired Oculus Rift. I'm kind of curious to support that Facebook will, you know, continue to offer the Oculus Rift. I know they're looking for that that uh, uh, magic formula to have it be more of a mass market device, and I'm hoping that they do find it. You know, so. And when you when you compare Oculus to HTC Vive, it's like seven hundred dollars versus four hundred dollars, and you get very close to the same experience. I mean, I think everybody would agree that HTC Vive is slightly better than the Oculus, but not $400 better. Yeah. And my reluctance to buy the PlayStation VR, at least for me, uh, I know it like trades in for like about 120 bucks at GameStop if I was going to change my mind wow. and not try to sell it. So like you're dealing with a $300 or $400 investment to buy the at least the base headset and then having to go out and buy like the two PlayStation move controllers, which they happen to um, bump up the price a hundred bucks from the bargain basement uh, price tags that they were selling the PlayStation three. And they're essentially the same controllers and then having to also buy a uh, PS camera as well. So it's like, yeah, uh, Sony sometimes. Funny, and funny story on that note, I actually took my PlayStation VR controllers and um, the old light gun that came with Killer Instinct—I mean, not Killer Instinct—Killzone uh, Three. You remember that? Yeah, the PlayStation Move like uh, PS3 light gun thing. <laughs> Before they announced the PlayStation VR, I took that stuff to GameStop, and they wouldn't buy it back. 
<laughs> so so it, it I think it's still part of it is still sitting in my car right now. And uh yeah. Oh. Now now you can definitely take it in and sell it. Oh yeah, no, they take those PlayStation Move controllers like I think they're like 15 20 bucks cuz they resell them for quite a bit more. And unfortunately the nunchuck the uh um whatever the uh, comparable name for the nunchuck uh, that is like you know 25 cents i only think they take those back because those are not compatible with playstation vr but right yeah for me it's, it's it's like my eyeballs and it, it's it's two things it's my eyeballs and i'm old school I, I, you know if it's if it's bigger than my the glasses that i have on my face already I really don't want to bother with it. I just want to sit down with a controller in my hands and not have to get up and move and just look at a standard 2D display and play my games. I'm I'm old. I'm I'm becoming I'm I I, w- I would say I'm becoming my father, but that's not true because my dad was far more adventurous when it came when it come when it came to tech. You know, I never had to show him how to set the time on the VCR. You know, he 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 always he was always in some ways he was uh, you know a few steps ahead of me when it came to understanding new technology. Um, but I'm becoming my mom, I guess. <laughs> I I just want to <laughs> just give me a controller, give me my 2D display, and I'm cool. Um, and, and my eyes, I don't want to deal with the migraines. I, I don't want to have to, that's though it's those things, uh, you know, I don't like change and I have migraines. So <laughs> that's pretty much what it boils down to. I'm going to say for me, it's going to be not the point of, uh, if it's going to be a point of when and it's just, that I just gotta, gotta get a feel for it. So, you know. So whether I'm waiting for a new rendition of the PlayStation VR, better technology, or you know, maybe if I upgrade or get a new PC, maybe I'll go the Oculus or HTC Avenue. It's, it just depends. So, Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, we, I think we had a good discussion there. Uh, Raphael, you have any, any other uh, comments that you want to make regarding VR before we move on? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Okay, you gonna be able to stick with us for the rest of the show? Yeah, awesome. Can I? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> so uh, we're moving on from our VR discussion to the news, and we're gonna go to Trader Joe for our weekly news nugget extravaganza, extra, yes. extra, oozing with news goodness, of course. So. Uh, this first news story um, kind of caught my eye and caught Raphael's eye because he sent the link to us on Twitter a couple of days ago. So this has to do with uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, Entertainment of Japan. And uh, Shuhei Yoshida, of course, at Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studio, took part in the panel uh, organized by Weekly Famitsu and, and uh, Dengeki on PlayStation in Japan, and they basically were asking and peppering them with questions on that. One of the questions inquired whether Sony would ever release an RPG dedicated to the Japanese audiences for consoles again on there. And if you notice, like Sony has taken numerous stabs in the past with their IPs between what uh, the Ark the Lad series, uh, Wild Arms, you know, Legend of Dragoon on there. And um, obviously, they did. 
uh, answer the question kind of vaguely on there, but at the same time, they weren't discouraging of it. Uh, a lot of people have been hoping uh, that they do return to some of those old games in the past, you know, even like, you know, uh, Rogue Galaxy, that level five uh, production they did on PlayStation 2. And so, you know, we'll have to see if they, you know, they have IP. And then with the um, IP to kind of draw upon and with the success as of late of like games like, you know, Persona 5 and Final Fantasy 15 and Dragon Quest 11. Um, might be something that they might invest in. What are your guys' opinion about the Sony getting back and involved in the uh, JRPG game? I think we're going to see something, if not at the Tokyo Game Show, I think we're going to see something at PSX. Because that's kind of been like the undercurrent of rumor for a while now. Um I, I think I think they got something they got I think they got something boiling. I, I just my own uninformed uh, Mike Mark Mike Mark Practor uh, hunch. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be Return to uh, Panzer uh, not Panzer Dragoon. Uh, uh, Legend of Dragoon. Legend of Dragoon. I think it's going to be that. that. That's just my hunch. I can play juvenile, you know, uh, uninformed Michael Practor crystal ball viewing. You get Nostradamus. <laughs> I think it's about time. It's my thing. It's like, why not? You know, we should have. It should have been like that a long time ago. You know, that people buy people buy JRPGs and they like them. I like them. I play them. I think they're fun. You know, and I they're they're I feel they are integral part of, you know the gaming community and i think that it's like i get it they're businesses and they have to make money and if they feel a certain you know japanese jrpg is not going to be you know you know a good thing then you know they're not going to make it or they're not going to produce it or something but i i think you know we want it people are going to buy it i'm going to buy it so you know as long as it's of good quality bring it let's do it you know yeah, and I think titles like uh, Persona and uh, even um, oh gosh, I had it in my in my brain and it and it's it it just completely faded away. But let's just take Persona. That by you know you can't consider uh, Dragon Quest, you know the Dragon Quest series. Um, I think people in the West often considered those games as niche. And if anything, particularly like the sales of Persona 5 has proved, it's not niche now. Uh, they're in the millions of units sold. So I think the time is right for Sony to revisit some of those um, first-party JRPGs now. I think this is a good time uh, to pull from that well. Oh, they I are completely... Develop- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, they are developing Arc the Lad and Wild Arms for mobile too, so keep that in mind. So, yeah, I was just gonna say that's exactly what I was gonna say. It seems like they're coming back, JRPGs, and getting more popular again. Mm-hmm. All right, good deal. And so, that's kind of an encouraging thing. And in, in the JRPG realm, as far as news is concerned, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, was released on July 30th in Japan on there. And um, basically they have shipped roughly about 
2.6 million copies on there uh, in the Japan, which about 1.5 million have uh, uh, sold on the 3DS version, and 1.1 is copies of the PS4 version on there. So, so but at retail though, th- those are the amounts of copies shipped. But uh, right now, the sold sell through figures right now, um, right now is 1.4, 1.1 million, excuse me, on the 3DS, and about a little bit under a million on ps4 right now and it's on track to be one of the best-selling games of the series of all time actually so so and they did announce too that the 3ds version sold about 75 percent of the initial shipment and the ps4 sold a solid 83 percent of the initial shipment so and that's not including any digital downloads of the title as well so so you know one thing about dragon quest in japan it's it's just a phenomenon in itself i mean uh, the series has been immensely popular throughout the ages and it's almost like uh where uh, japanese kind of look at the series on kind of like almost like mario or um pac-man or something like that where it's it's like kind of a something that you know a 40 50 year old guy had played back in the day on this famicom and now it's something to where you know he's kind of romancing and uh kind of looking fondly back to that era you know when he was a kid playing on the famicom on there it has that kind of wide wide stream appeal as far as the the um be able to appeal to a lot of japanese uh you know in general not just gamers you know so so great news as far as the success of that. Um, as we did talk about last week, Dragon Quest Eleven will be releasing in the West in 2018 on there. So uh, any thoughts, you guys? Uh, are you looking forward to this uh, title coming out next year? I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to play it, and I'm going to love it. I think it was a really weird situation that um, there's no voice acting in it, <laughs> none whatsoever. And I guess... One of the reasons why they did that is because the creators wanted to be able to to change the story as much as possible, to make it as as engaging as possible. And in doing that, they, if they had to record any voices, it would set the it would solidify the story too much. So the Japanese copy does not the Japanese version does not have any any uh, voice acting, and so people are are wondering if the localized American or other copies of it. Other versions of it will have voice acting because, like now, the story now that now that it is out, you know, and the story is solidified. Will you know they take the time to put, you know, voiceovers for the American audience? And I'm and I'm kind of wondering about that. You know, are are uh, we are we at a point where where everything has to be voiced, or can we enjoy a game that we have to read? For me personally, I think it's fine either way. Like I. I'm fine with reading. I can sit there and do it. It's not. A, it's not a problem for me. But I always kind of wonder about what other people think or something like that. But I, I'm excited for it. I cannot wait. It looks great. All the things, all the trailers that I've seen, um, all the gameplay that I've seen. Like I really cannot wait for this game. It's going to be great. Well, what I noticed too is that uh, they were talking about Dragon Quest Eight. Dragon Quest Eight did not have any voiceovers on the original PlayStation 2 version, but the uh, translated version did have full voice, of course. So I'm thinking that they're going to probably lean towards that same uh, translation uh, technique where uh, once they got the story solidified, they're going to be able to translate it and at least add some voice acting to it, which hopefully is good voice acting. You know, sometimes, you know, I think um, translation, especially from Japanese to English, has gone so 
it's gotten so much better over the years as in comparison to years and years past. So, so I'll have to see how that kind of rolls out and kind of see what plays out from there. So it's going to be a tremendous undertaking, especially if they do voice it in all five languages that they're planning on translating it for. So, so that's something to where hopefully it's not going to drag down the release date of the game. Uh, for other, you know, we're waiting for like the French translation or the Spanish translation. So, oh well. On that. What do you guys think about that? Do you, do you have to have? Are you okay with the voices not being there? Do you do you prefer it? You know. Um, I'm cool with it either way. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Des. Um, one thing that Persona Five did is they offered the Japanese voices as a free download, a free. Uh, uh, patch so you could download the, if you prefer the japanese voices you could just download those so i figure if they want to release uh a, a, an acted an acted out voice uh option for the game they could just put it out in the patch i mean it, obviously the, the the sooner you know they could get that out the better but for me i'm I don't mind reading. I mean, I I watch most of my anime subtitled, um, I, so I'm used to reading. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> so, so Same I'm thing cool. with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm cold subtitles too. So or just translated text. I mean, I'm you no know, played uh, plenty of eight bit and sixteen bit RPGs back in the day too, where you know there was no voice acting back in the day. You know. So I'm cool with just reading it just like as it was on the Famicom or on the, on the NES, you know. So um, if they add the voice acting, great, you know, maybe even have an option to have me turn it off, you know, <laughs> maybe if I don't want to listen to it, you know, so. I think I prefer the, the voice acting, but if it's a game that I really like, I, it wouldn't bother me as much. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And in, in, in this, if you love a game, you're gonna like it no matter voices or no voices. So, mm-hmm. uh, now, so. And then speaking of Dragon Quest, there is another news story. Um, they had a um, Dragon Quest Summer Festival 2017 in Japan, and they announced a few titles. And included in that uh, announcements was a, the announcement for Dragon Quest Builders 2. On that, if you never played Dragon Quest Builders, the original is basically the uh, kind of rift that they did on Minecraft and adding it to the Dragon Quest world. So they are um, doing a, a second game in the series on there. And just like in the first game where basically you are uh, in the world of Dra- Dragon Quest 1, this game is going to be inspired by Dragon Quest 2. Surprise, surprise. So... Uh, games announced for both the PlayStation 4 and uh, the Nintendo Switch. There is no PlayStation Vita version this time around on that. So I'm hoping that this game does get a little bit more of a headway in the U.S. because especially with the uh, popularity of Minecraft, I know it did decently, at least on the platforms that it was released on here. On that, have you guys any any of you guys played Dragon Quest Builders at all? Uh, I know Kevin definitely not, but Desmond. No. Nope. Chance it's I, nope. I played it on the Vita. I haven't beat it, but I'm playing it. What's your opinion of it? Did you like it, or how does it compare to Minecraft? It's not. It's not bad. Um, I don't know. It's it kind of a weird mashup and and whatnot, but I, I'm enjoying it. Good deal. 
Yeah, it's in my backlog right now, as a, as probably every other game. Ninety eight percent of my games I own are it's in my backlog. But um, you know, I'm just I'm still interested in, in you know giving the first game a whirl at least. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested as well. It's just the whole aspect of like building something. Like I know that like whatever I build, it's gonna look like garbage. So it's like, ugh. It's just, <laughs> so I just feel like I don't want to do this because it's gonna be bad. You know, I just want. Like I just want to like run around and you know do silly shit, but having to actually build something and to like make it usable, it's, it's just, it makes me cringe. I know it's gonna, I just know it's gonna be bad, you know. But eh, I guess that's part of the fun, I guess. Yeah, and another game they didn't announce too is uh, Itagaki uh, Street, uh, which is the uh, 30th anniversary game, and only. This game only got released once in the history of this uh, series. It's basically a Monopoly mashup combining with uh, Monopoly and stock market trading. And it has various characters from Dragon Quest has always been a uh, mainstay of the series, but they've mixed and matched with different, uh, you know, uh, publishers, different uh, developers, and uh, traditionally, um, especially since they um, Square Enix merged together, you know, Enix and Square merged together, uh, the series has featured a mashup between Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy characters on there. So um, the game only made it out in the U.S. once, which was uh, Fortune Street on the Wii, which combined the Mario universe and the Dragon Quest universe. And uh, I played that quite a bit, so I'm just hoping you know, maybe... Uh, since it's the 30th anniversary of the series and since a lot of games are being translated and brought over that that game also makes its way over to the u.s both to see it's kind of niche in a way so but i just wanted to mention that so pretty excited about that um other games that kind of got a little bit more uh information on uh featured in the latest issue of famitsu also was um announced from uh, namco Bandai in the uh, U.S. is that um, dot hack gu um, last recode on there. Um, basically, the remasters of the uh, that series uh, that's coming out for PlayStation Four is actually going to feature a new volume on there, which is kind of exciting news because uh, not only do you get to play all three games um, that were previously released on the PlayStation 2, there's also going to be an entirely new game added onto that. It's the first time I've ever seen in the remaster where they're actually adding a new game on top of the um, previous games in the series added on a, a HD remaster in this particular case. So it's almost like, you know, they're getting an opportunity for you to be able to play what came in the past and also announce it and release a sequel on top of the remasters. So on there. So just kind of interesting that they decided to do that, um, that um, basically they're taking the fourth chapter in the uh, current day right now. And it kind of continues on the end of volume three, which was released quite a bit of time ago on that. So, um, right now, there's no Western release date for the game, but it has been announced for uh, both uh, PlayStation 4 and PC in North America and Europe, and uh, we'll have a retail release, too, because that's something that they were questioning when it was first announced, but there will be a re retail release for it. So uh, any thoughts on this, guys, as far as the Dot .hack was a series that you maybe wanted to check out? I know it's kind of like Sword Art Online. It has the same concept where, you know, you're going into a uh, like a virtual reality <laughs> "Quote unquote." So, mm. yeah, I've I've never watched the anime. I've 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 heard of this the 
the IP and never played any of the games before this. Um, I don't. Uh, it might be something to maybe check out if I can, you know, to find it on sale. I just don't know that dot hat dot hack really appealed to me all that much. Um, so it'll probably be, you know, if I can catch it, you know, on sale at a time where I'm not not much is in my rotation. That would probably be the time to check it out. Well, it is a cyber connect game, actually. So if you didn't know that, uh, yeah, 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 it was developed it just, by. The IP just never really did anything for me. Gotcha. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nah, Not interested. Never, never was a fan of, of any of that stuff. So now I'm cool. Nope. OK, I just wanted to mention it just in case I'm actually. Um, this close to pre-ordering it with uh, the many GameStop loots I have available. <laughs> no, no bragging, no, no bragging, no. So, <laughs> all right. So, another thing too that uh, they talked about this week too is that Sundered has gotten quite a few patches uh, this last week. Um, I haven't been playing it because I've been busy doing other things, but they're up to um, 1.9 as far as the patch is concerned. Uh, they did. Uh, announced in the blog about uh, what's been kind of uh, enhanced and fixed on there. Um, p- players were upset about the difficulty of the game and how it can increase rather quickly at times, resulting to a quick death. Um, they have patched this and moved on to addressing some of the more technical difficulties experienced in the PlayStation 4 build on there. I did experience long loading time, like I talked about in my impressions last week uh, at the beginning of the game, because it's like pulling the game and building it by scratch basically because it is a rogue like it's a procedurally generated game so on that but uh, a lot of people were complaining about the um game itself they were thinking the game was actually more of a classic metrodania and they're saying uh, well too bad so sad tough titty because um they stated that we're sorry for the confusion but we won't be changing fundamental game systems sundered is what it is and why we it's that's why we love it and are proud of it so so a lot of people were asking for them to actually change it from being procedurally, procedurally generated to actually just playing like a traditional Metroidvania, which to me is <laughs> what, what can you expect a company to do to change the um, like the uh, genesis, the uh, kind of the uh, creation of the game to its uh, you know users' whim? If out there, any opinions on this, guys? People well, don't you know read. That- <laughs> People yeah, don't. Exactly. It said it. It is a procedurally exactly. generated. Like that's. Yeah. That is its thing. I, uh, okay. No. It I have nothing hidden. else to say. <laughs> it wasn't millennials. We're living in a world where, you know, complaining got them to rewrite the ending for Mass Effect. What was it? Three. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's there is a precedent that if you turn on if you hit the whiny button hard enough and long enough that it might something might jump off in your favor it's just it's not it's not you know it's always been it's been billed as procedurally generated they they mentioned it was procedurally generated when we played it at psx last year i mean reading is fundamental (laughs) that's all i can say Yeah, I mean, the game's gotten great ratings. I mean, just if you, you know, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell, like, Shigeru Miyamoto to, like, change the game up because you don't like it? I mean, what? 
So I don't think Nintendo's going to change for anyone. I don't think a small indie studio should have to change from fundamental gameplay either on there. Unless it's busted. Like it, maybe if it's like a No Man's Sky situation. So, you know. So I just thought that was interesting. But I'll um, be looking forward to get back uh, to that. So, And also this week, um, Koei Tecmo uh, finally clarified the um, release of Dynasty Warriors 9's platforms for the West on there. So initially it had only been announced for PlayStation 4 and PC in Japan and Asia. And they did disclose that the um, fine people on the Microsoft platform that the Xbox One users will be getting Dynasty Warriors 9 as well on there. So they're currently still working on the game, but there's been a lot of... Uh, uh, footage out there, especially with the recent trade shows in um, China, and I believe there was a PlayStation experience in Southeast Asia that just happened this last week as well. So, and there's a lot of good video out there of, of the game a little bit more. And then this is the Dynasty Warriors that actually is going to be taking the series to an open world um, gameplay versus just having uh, closed levels on there. So, and so, and actually, your characters actually will pro- progress in their look as you play the game as well so looks awesome yeah very excited to play that well I'll have to see i'm hoping that the gameplay does work in an open world whether i'm going to be like walking miles and miles and just killing random millions <laughs> millions of troops <laughs> one million <laughs> troops or whether they're going to add enough variety in the uh, open world to kind of throw in the, that way it doesn't get uh, too boring if need be but uh, there's something methodical about playing a musou game where it's, it's i would say it's almost like you know it's like clearing your mind and sitting there and just concentrating on racking up the combo meter and killing thousands of ancient chinese soldiers so it's like i don't know how you guys feel about playing games of that ilk so well i mean i don't want them to change it too much from its core that's what I want from a Dynasty Warriors game. That's what I want from a Musou game. Uh, they've improved. The, I think this is running off of Unreal Engine 4. Uh, they've got a new engine, or they've got a new engine. They've got a new... They're putting this in an open-world environment. As long as the combat stays familiar to what this series has always been. And when I say that, I don't mean, I don't mean, oh, well, if they change this, oh, I, I can't stand it. I mean, you know, don't take it and, and turn it into a real-time strategy, you know, stuff, no, no. You know, something extreme like that. But Stick I would play to that game, the, too. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, sorry. Keep going. You sorry. would. I wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, as long as... Stick to what brought you to the dance. And for me, what brought me into Musou uh, initially was just, you know, walking through and slaying hundreds of people at, at a time. Uh, and, and it's like you said, Joe, it's very, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's very soothing, particularly after a stressful work day. Yes. <laughs> it looks so good. There's yes. something so soothing about genocide. Yes. <laughs> This is from their official uh, Lisa Luce press blurb. It says, skirmishes, clashes, uh, special side missions, and larger-scale conflicts can be engaged 
at the player's will as they venture through far-reaching lands, allowing for a sense of freedom of choice for the player previously unfelt in previous Dynasty Warriors titles. So these battles range from scouting missions to discovering powerful enemy officers to guerrilla actions to subdue messengers and scouts to outright sabotage on enemy supply troops on there. So sounds like uh, they are building quite a meaty game on there. So. Does this have a release date yet? No release date yet. It's supposed to be out by the end of the year in, in um, Japan. So hopefully they will, you know, get the game done. I know um, hopefully because at least Tecmo Koei lately, they've been just doing like, you know, um, subtitles. They haven't been doing uh, voiceovers. And I think uh, this probably warrants a voiceover in my humble opinion. You know, there's been other games in the Dynasty Warriors series where the English voice acting is just over the top and it's just wonderful to play. So. <laughs> wonderful to listen to and that kind of thing so yes. so definitely looking forward to it we'll see what, what comes about on that so and also some news that caught my eye this week um, Spelunky developer Mossmouth has announced a new game this week and it's called UFO 50 and if you haven't watched the trailer for this basically what they're doing is they're riffing off um, this old NES game, this like NES game that came out unlicensed called Action 48 on there that basically that there is 50 separate full 8-bit inspired games and it's a compilation of all of those games on there. So there's a collection of 50 single and multiplayer games from the creators of Spelunky, Downwell, Time Barons, and Madhouse amongst others. And the collection's going to uh, include a variety of genres, such as platformers, shoot-em-ups, puzzle games, RPGs, and more on there. And everything's going to be kind of um, distilled down to an 8-bit eight, aesthetic on there. And these are going to be all full games included in this compilation. So there, a lot of indie developers are working with uh, Moss Mouth to kind of compile all these games. And uh, they stated that... Um, if you play all 50 games out of the compilation, uh, completing the entire collection could take over a hundred hours on that to do so. So, wow. so, so um, get a chance. If you ha- haven't watched the trailer yet, watch the trailer because there's so many different um, type of genres included and they all have that like NES style to it on there. So they're developing each game with a unique 32 color palette. And they're putting other restrictions on there. And the, uh, the overall story of the game is that the games were all created in the 80s by a fictional company that was obscure but ahead of its time. So they're saying that um, this is almost like in a way like a little time capsule uh, where they're saying that these games actually came from that gestation period from back in the mid-80s on that. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer and just saw the different type of genres that were included. There's like a like a like a renegade looking game. There's like a overhead, um, like a dodgeball type of game. I saw too. Uh, some shooters, uh, some platformers. They're actually a 3D, um, like a first person dungeon crawler. So mm-hmm. uh, and uh, some action games too. So and even a, like a top down like. GTA type game too, like old school Grand Theft Auto. So I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to this project. I think I've enjoyed Spelunky quite a bit. And what do you guys think about this? Have you had an opportunity to check it out yet? I haven't seen the trailer, but just looking at some of the stills 
Uh, yeah, I'll probably be, I'll not probably, I will be snagging this uh, once it's released. Yeah, this 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 type of stuff is like in my wheelhouse, big time. It looks good, but I mean, I from what from what you, you showed us, it looks good. I mean, it looks fun. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna play all of them and complete all of them, but you know, I'll, I'll definitely play it at your house, and then if I like it, I'll buy it. <laughs> well, it's initially coming out for PC, but uh, probably will make its way out the consoles as well. And... Uh, probably. I would love to see this on the Switch. I think that would be like awesome. So, yeah, this this this, this does have a uh, does definitely does have a Switch aesthetic to it. I think I'll pass. It's not for me, but it's definitely it seems to have a lot of value. Cool deal. All right, and then another news story that caught my eye this week. Um, you know, when Destiny initially came out, they uh, kind of. Um, had co-promotions with Red Bull, if you remember that. I remember going and, and going to 7-Eleven to grab cans of Red Bull like I would never drink Red Bull otherwise. <laughs> uh, but hey, guess what? Activision has decided to do some cross-promotions for Destiny 2. And so guess what? You, if you buy any Rockstar Energy drinks, um, they will have limited edition Destiny 2 cans available in the U.S. and Canada, U.K. and Germany. Uh, Basically, it'll come in different flavors depending on your country, of course. We'll start to be shipped to stores this month in August. And we'll let you get some sweet in-game gear on top of a chance to win daily, weekly, and grand prizes, including some Destiny 2-themed bikes on that. So there's a website set up for codes. So, uh, you Ooh. know, I don't know if you guys are looking to grab some rock stars or not. but uh, uh, If I can get them cheap. I'll buy them and give them to somebody. <laughs> I don't drink them. I don't drink them, but I'll definitely, you know, if I can probably get something for it, you know, you know, open it, pour it into something else and give it to somebody, <laughs> then I'll do it. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, they did that a while ago, though, didn't they? Like you said. So Yeah, it was the year so, one. Yeah. Not where they, so I, they, eh, I mean, it'll be fun, but, but you know. <laughs> Well, well, guess who? What else they're partnering? They're partnering with Kellogg's, and they're going to have <laughs> Destiny-themed pop tarts. So, oh, awesome! <laughs> that's that's oh. there you so, go, folks. Starting on September first, um, mm, mm, mm. pop tarts partnerships will only be for the United States, and will come with special Destiny two boxes. And that's right. Each each box will grant you an XP boost for multiplayer. <laughs> so. I'll I'll wait until they're on sale, buy a bunch of them. (laughs) It's so silly, but it's funny. So, yeah. Yeah. Pop-Tarts. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's Destiny 2 Warlock Edition Frosted Strawberry with the XP boost. (laughs) (laughs) They also got Hunter and Titan versions as well. So, so I guess, okay, so so if if we had to, okay, so so, uh, the um, Warlock Strawberry, the Titan... Most likely is cherry, and the and the hunter is grape. Watch blueberry, it. maybe blueberry or blueberry. Watch blueberry. Yeah. Watch. There you go. Yeah. I'm calling. Ah, it come now. on. I'm calling it now. Yeah, man. Which one of them would be maple brown sugar? Come on. Got to work. Make it work. Make it work. That's the speaker right there. Speaker is maple brown sugar. <laughs> there you go. Any thoughts, Raffy? Uh, I got screwed with the Red Bulls last year. Or a couple of years ago, so I'm, I'm still sore about it. Okay, yeah, you've got to tell us that story. What happened? 
Like, like for some reason, they, they wouldn't work for me. I tried putting them all in. I saved like a bunch of cans. I think they had a problem with them initially, and I never went back to it. I never tried to redeem them afterwards then. So, See, that's, but that's yeah, I mean, right it, now I'm all it, like, God damn it. As long as I, but if honestly, truth is, if I see them, I'll probably buy them just because they have Destiny stuff on there when I buy an energy drink. Well, so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I actually drink Rockstar sometimes, but uh, it just depends on how thrashed I am from the night before. I know, especially the game nights on Gamer Husbands, Friday I'd be grabbing me a Rockstar recovery. So it might might work out good in this instance. So on there, but. I don't, I, have, I don't eat Pop-Tarts. I haven't eaten Pop-Tarts in a long-ass time. But, you know, hey, I might have to tick one for the team so I can get my XP. So. <laughs> that would probably be the only one that I would try because I, I ain't blowing my heart up drinking them rock stars. Uh, maybe try a, a Pop-Tart or two. It actually it kind of makes sense now that I think about it because the half-life of them things, the – the, the the traveler will be done showed up in thirty thirty three and then things will still be fresh so it, it kind of makes sense that they put them on pop tarts because <laughs> I don't think I've ever I've I've seen I've seen some pop tarts last like an extremely long time well past the expiration date and they were still I didn't eat it. But it was still pretty fresh. So uh, I don't know. I, I remember watching an episode of Anthony Bourdain, and he went through like the, it was a, the Cleveland episode, and he was going through an old hostess factory. And basically, this uh, new company opened, but they were opening like the uh, the pipes that like moved the the cream filling from one place to another, and the cream filling was not rotten whatsoever mm-hmm. after years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All them yeah. preservatives, y'all. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> so That's probably and, why the traveler came. He wanted to get that Pop Tart juice. <laughs> <laughs> Re energize himself. All right. And then other news I kinda caught this week, and this is just kind of heads up for you guys out there. Um, this upcoming weekend, if you've been curious about the Ubisoft game for Honor, there is a free to play weekend coming up starting on August the tenth. Up until uh, August 14th, you can play the game for free, and you can start preloading the game as we speak right now on that. Um, Players will have access to the full content of the game during the free weekend. This includes all five multiplayer modes, the single-player or co-op campaign, as well as access to the entire roster of heroes that you could select from. So after the free trial weekend, you have an opportunity to purchase the game either on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One for 50% off uh, from August 10th up to August 14th, while PC owners will get the discount from August 10th to August 20th on there. So uh, the third season of the game's multiplayer, Grudge and Glory, is going to announce uh, launch a day after the free weekend on August 15th, kind of kicking that thing off. So if you've been interested or uh, thinking about checking out For Honor it is uh, up this weekend for free play. On that. I know they've been talking about moving the game over to dedicate the server to because it's been one of the main complaints about the game, too, as well. So, any excitement for this, guys? Or are you going to like leave well enough alone? <laughs> no, the, For Honor just didn't speak to me. Uh, just wasn't my bag. Same here. I might try it just because it's free. I mean, granted, I mean, I'll be pulling from other games, but uh, we'll have to see. So, 
We'll see. Also, Ghost Recon Wildlands, if you have not checked it out yet, Ubisoft is doing the same thing uh, for this title as well. They have announced a five-hour demo for both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's already been released on there, so if you want to check out the game, you're able to download it right now, and you can play both single-player and multiplayer co-op on there. So so give it a chance to check it out. I don't know if any of you guys were interested. I know, Desmond, you talked about possibly checking this out previously. Don't put me on the spot like that. Just kidding. Yeah, oh. I have. I have. Yeah, I probably will. Like, I, I love demos. I love demos for giving me a chance to, to play a game. And five hours is a lot of time to to play on a game, to really kind of sink your teeth into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I probably will will see it, you know, play it. But, you know, I don't know if I'll buy it, you know. But, yeah. Well, I'll just check it out and see. But, uh, you know, it's definitely something for game night we might want to think about. But And then last but not least, for you, those of you out there that's interested in Gundam versus uh, that, um, you know, th- three versus three um, mech battle game so that's coming out we talked about. Yes, the uh, open beta is going to start on September 2nd. And we'll end on September 4th on there. Uh, the pre-download for PlayStation 4 will start on August 29th on there so basically if you want to give it a gander it will be available in about three weeks from now i think that's labor day weekend i believe so so if you got a long weekend definitely check out some gundam versus on there i'll probably make a decision after playing the open beta as far as uh seeing if i'm going to grab this or not it's coming out september 29th for ps4 only so on that. Any excitement on that, you guys? I know you said you're super stoked, right, Desmond? Yep. I will be buying it. For I'll sure. definitely be check- checking out the beta for sure. Cool. Deal. Yeah, I'll have to check it out as well. Right on. And then last but not least, too, um, we want to kind of talk about, we haven't really talked about this game yet, but it's coming out at the end of the month. Um, Tecmokoe's mashup that came out in Japan. Uh, late last year, uh, Warriors All-Stars is uh, getting a release in the U.S. on that. It's going to be coming out on uh, August 29th for both PC and also for PlayStation 4 on that. And basically, they're calling, it's like the old, basically like Warriors Orochi 4, but uh, they're pulling from all different series in the Koei Tecmo world, including like Ninja Gaiden, um, Atelier Iris, the Atelier series like that, uh, even um, Neo, the recent game that just came out on PlayStation 4. Uh, there's a, definitely a mashup of a bunch of different characters in the game. So um, any excitement on this, guys? You, you've been talking about it or is it something that's on your radar? Oh, it's been on my radar for a long time. Long time. Yep. Hasn't been on mine, but I'm buying this. Hasn't been on mine either, so I'm probably going to check it out. So, sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they've been in the works for a while. I know when they came out in Japan, they were kind of, kind of griping about performance on the PlayStation Four. There was some slowdown, so hopefully they kind of rectified that with the uh, updated version that they're releasing in the West. Uh, and you know, Trader Joe always has to throw in some uh, uh, deals on here. Uh, Best Buy is offering if you do buy the PlayStation Four version, not only do you get your Gamers Club Unlocked discount, but there is an additional. $10 gift card you get on top, too. So you'd be able to pick this up for uh, 47 bucks plus get a $10 gift card on the top of this if you reserve it. So, How much did you make for that announcement? 
Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just, just all for you guys' yep. uh, pocketbook. That's yep. it. So. He does it from the heart and the pocketbook. He's like, I want to save y'all. You know, even at the cost of his own safety, people, you know. Yeah. You know, people might be coming after, you know, the the, uh, the Trader Joe. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just to deviate, yeah, I was talking to a GameStop manager at the store I frequent the most, and I was telling him about the podcast, but lo and behold, I didn't think about till afterwards about all the, the, the insider talk we did about flips and, and boomerangs and all this other stuff. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, my God, am I going to get a trade ban or something? <laughs> <laughs> so all the paranoia just coming, not not prevalent, but at the same time, it's okay. It's like, do they these guys actually know. know what I've been up they to? They have to know what you're doing. You know, <laughs> like I, because like I live in San Francisco, right? And when all that stuff was happening, when all the super trading was going on, everything like that, like I was at uh, a GameStop, and and like one of the managers was talking to a to an employee, and she was literally like, you know, no, they're not going to come and flip these things with us, and blah blah blah. And she was all <laughs> going off about it. And I was just like, okay, well, I guess they know. <laughs> as if this is their money coming out of their pocket right that's the thing that that drives me crazy when i hear the employees moan and groan as if this is coming out of their pocket it is not affecting their pay at at all this you know don't give me your lip just give me my trade that's that's (laughs) all i need from you don't lie, Joe. You got a briefcase full of all kinds of different identities. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not done that yet. There's quite a few people on CAG that have like yet. three or four power-up rewards accounts. <laughs> they're like they're bringing their wife in because they've been trade banned or something. That's so. serious right there, y'all. <laughs> they're bringing in family members to, to trade games in for them. So it's like, you know. Uh, one one member on CAG was posting that his wife got all, like wind of all the gift cards and other crap you could buy with GameStop credit. And she was all super interested. You know, they're talking about how they uh, went to like Chicago on Southwest gift cards paid for by trade credit and like bang, um, buying back the school clothes using like Kohl's and Old Navy gift cards paid for with GameStop credit. That's so. a serious business, y'all. <laughs> That's insane. Play, so. <laughs> I, I have not gotten that f- far a wind, unfortunately. I'm just using it to buy additional games. You know, I don't care that much. So <laughs> I do take my wife to GameStop, though, and she's gotten quite a few uh, uh, Pokemon paraphernalia, of course, but I don't mind. So, <laughs> But, hey, we deviated from news. That's all the news I have this week, guys. <laughs> All right, and with that, with hey, uh, I don't even I, know how to follow that up. Can I mention this real quick before we move on? The yeah. uh, Monster Monster Hunter Double Cross is going to be getting a Switch demo coming to the Japan store on August 10th. So I'm going to fire up my Japanese account and download that. I may actually buy the game from my Japanese account too. It's pretty easy to do because the Switch is a uh, region free so you can make several different accounts and what's really cool is when you buy japanese games if they then release in the u.s they the stores talk to each other on several of the games at least to where you can download the u.s version or like i have games that i've bought in the u.s and when i go on the japanese store i can see them on my japanese store as if i already own them oh that's cool 
Yeah, I haven't cool. gone all crazy to do all the um, region back and forth between the different stores yet. So uh, I'll be kind of interested in checking this out, though, for sure. But it's, so. but it's cool that you're not you're not penalized for doing it. So I think that's really yeah. cool because like they're not. It's like oh, okay, no, you're able to do it. Great, let's let's do it. Like I, I like that that it's not you know frowned upon and they actually are like okay people are gonna buy imported games they're gonna do this so i, I like that it's supported that's cool yeah and this is i'm really looking forward to monster hunter on the switch i don't think i can wait so i may even buy this if i like the demo enough uh not being able to read is going to be kind of hard in monster hunter but i may still jump on it i mean are, I you, played... are you looking forward to the the monster hunter worlds rough uh, are you talking about the the, the, PS4, the one on PS4 and Xbox? Oh, and oh I guess yes, PC? yes. Yeah, yeah. I am looking forward to that. Um, I really like the Switch idea of being able to play on the go and then docking. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Monster Hunter World as well. I'll probably pick that up on one of the consoles. Oh yeah, it's gonna be day one for me. But yeah, just it's like you said, I Monster Hunter Three Ultimate was like the ultimate game for me because i played back and forth between 3ds and wii u and just to have it on the go and have it on the switch i'm hoping that they do not you know kind of kick the switch support of the game to the curb i think uh, i think they were banking on the switch not doing as well capcom was uh, i'm thinking that they were trying to go all in on the consoles for monster hunter and i think they might have made a um a mistake in their judgment in doing so so and that's all. All right, then. Well, all right, Des, why don't you regale us with what you've been playing this week? What's been in your rotation, man? Well, um, since I got my um, my 2DS, I've been playing uh, Dragon Quest VIII, The Cursed King. So that's been fun to revisit that because um, I played it on the PS uh, PS2 but I never beat it. I got all the way to the end, and I never beat it. And that was one of those things where I was like, ugh. So it's fun to play it. it, it, it it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying playing uh, that game. And I also played Sniper Elite 4. I got it in the mail. Thank you, Joe. Found a deal, you know, and, and I was able to get it. So thank you for that, Joe. And I've been playing that. Um, that game is, I don't know, I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. And, and running around and exploding people's lungs and their seeing x-rays <laughs> and their heads exploding and stuff. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. And the cool thing about it is you can you can set it you can set it in the in the options to be like more frequent or less frequent. So it's like every time it's like boom and I'm like, okay. And it never gets old. Like the trajectory of seeing like, you know, where you're hitting people is just this is so much fun. But what I wasn't expecting is, is how how big the um the the levels are. And like you, you walk into an area and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be fairly linear, but no, like you walk into an area and there's like a whole bunch of different stuff you can do with it within the area. And I'm just like, damn, that's like a lot of stuff to do. Um in in the zone you're in. So just walking around and and the game is surprisingly uh surprisingly tough if you don't if you're not um if you're not super stealthy, it's it's surprisingly tough. But again, you can like run away and hide and and then come back and stuff. So it's general, you know, you know AIs who forget about you and you can throw rocks and shit and mislead them and kill them. So, um, but it's been a lot of fun. I've I've had a lot of fun. I although I, 
it reminds me a lot of um, Shadow of Mordor because um, you can hide in bushes, call people over, and then stab them in the face and do X-ray kills and shit like that. So it's great. <laughs> but one of the problems that I, or not a problem, but one of the things that I always am thinking and like wishing is, and please tell me because you guys might you know know more than I do. Um, but I want a a futuristic game that plays like these games. Like I want a future a futuristic or sci-fi game that plays like, you know, Arkham plays like Batman or plays like um, shadow of Mordor. And I'm like, I just really want a game like that to, to, to come out or, or something. Cause I haven't really like, I love the sci-fi. No, sorry. I love that fantasy element of Mordor and I love Batman cause I'm an avid comic book collector, but I just, you know, I just really, really want you know, a game like that set in a sci-fi universe, but I digress. So that those are the two things that I've been playing mostly um, on my hand, my handheld, and then on my console. So I'm gonna throw this over to um, uh, to Raphael. What have you been playing uh, last week? Um, not not a whole lot other than the VR games, but I did get in some uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I don't know if you guys have uh, played that, um, but. Have you guys have any of you guys played that or heard of it? I I've heard of it. Yeah. Never played it. Yeah, I've heard never okay. played it, but I know I, I was watching something someone was talking about. I guess the cosmetics. The cosmetics and the skins that you can get. Or not the skins, the um some of the 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 the, the items that you could wear are just like super expensive and like real world dollars. Like people are like losing their minds over that game. Like they love that game. You know? Well, it's a lot of fun and uh, uh I've not seen what what i haven't tried to buy any cosmetic stuff but um i just play with friends and we actually won our first game and uh you can play solo two like groups teams of two or teams of four um and we just won our first team of four game so that was a lot of fun wow the chicken dinner chicken dinner yeah, exactly winner winner chicken dinner that's all you get but you can um, kill people with like frying pans and almost anything in the game right yeah, so you like parachute from a plane on this island and you just have to scavenge whatever you can find, guns, helmets, bulletproof vests, anything you can find. And then you start killing each other before time runs out and the circle closes. So it's it's a lot of fun. Is it um, um, is it first person or third person or both? So you can actually play in either one. Wow, that's cool. I but didn't I've, realize that. I thought it was only first person. Cause all the things that I've seen of the game has always been played in first person, so I just assumed it was a first person game. So I finally able to talk to someone that's actually played the game. So, yeah, I play it in third person, but I think they're coming out with a first person only mode. Okay, cool. Like I probably that that sounds like a game that I would actually play. Because, like, again, I don't have a computer. I know it's only for PC, but, like, if it came out for a console, I most definitely would play it, you know. Cause it just seems like a fun-ass game, you know. As the parachuting in, scavenging for everything, and then, like, you know, people just run around mayhem, just, like, killing everybody. Just, like, this seems, like, so hilarious to me. Well, it's a console a launch exclusive for Xbox, but it eventually will make it over to PlayStation at some point. So, but uh, especially if you drop down, I don't know if you, I know you talked about buying Xbox One S in the past, but the, whether you drop down and do that, Desmond, or just wait for the PlayStation version or play it on PC, you know, I don't know. We'll I mean, if the PS, your, what is it? If the if the Xbox you know S comes out and it's super cheap, then yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> also, been playing uh, Arkham Knight. Fired that back up. I'm a big Batman fan, and yeah. I still 
still like that. Um, also picked up Fortnite, and uh, it's not too bad. I, if I had it to do over again, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. I wouldn't. I would recommend waiting because it's going to be free to play after the year. Um, so I have a question. What prompted you yeah. to buy it? Because like we had our, in our last episode, we were talking about Fortnite, and I'm and I'm of the ilk of 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 trying to purchase it because you know I, I like to play games and like so and part of my like i don't want to say altruistic nature it's like you know these the, the, you know this game did, is doing this uh, this sort of like paid beta i guess or paid alpha or whatever probably paid paid beta you know but all that money hopefully is going to help the game like what's what um in your mind what was like the like okay i'm gonna purchase this or i'm gonna buy this you know what like what yeah it's really weird i was like not gonna do it at all but then i heard uh some podcast i was listening to and they were saying that um it was really well done and there was a lot of uh value behind it it seemed like so i i took a shot if i had it to do over again like i said i can't return it um i probably would wait what version did you buy the 50 the Forty-nine dollar one. Okay, the, the base one. I think it's actually fifty-nine ninety-nine. I got it for forty-nine ninety-nine on like CD keys or something like that. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's not bad. I li- I like it. Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna get the full value out of it. Mm. Is the Other base that, is the I'm base sorry. building kind of streamlined or as far as because I heard that uh, so my fear of the game first was that a lot of the base building, a lot of the other procedurally like crafting stuff would be like kind of a drag on the game. But I've heard that uh, it actually plays pretty quickly and it's pretty uh, addictive as well. I don't know if you got in that portion of the game or not. Yeah. I mean, to the point where I'm at, it's uh, pretty scripted because it's teaching you still. Um, It's got quite a long little uh, tutorial and that's really all. I haven't played it that much. I've just kind of dabbled in it. Gotcha. Other than that, on the uh, 3DS, I've been playing Sonic Generations and Sonic Lost World. Went on a little bit of a Sonic kick. And uh, also Gunvolt, which is a game that I absolutely love, which is coming to Switch. Probably double dip on that when it does. Um, And speaking of the Switch, I've been playing uh, Fate Extella Umbral Star a little more. Uh, A little bit disappointed in that. I don't think it's quite the Musou games um that uh omega force makes but it's 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 okay um and also uh mr shifty which is a downloadable title where you um basically teleport and uh there's guys with guns and big old brutes that come chasing after you and you have to kind of teleport around to avoid the gunfire and and basically punch them or hit them with objects you pick up but it's a it's a pretty good game. I would recommend it. The only the only downside to it is there's some slowdowns on the switch uh, when the action gets a little heavy. But even still, I've I think it's uh, worth uh, like fourteen ninety nine or whatever it is. And that's all for me. Okay, okay, Joe, what have you been playing? Not much, man. Uh, I've been kind of. Even though I had a day off with my birthday and everything, I've been kind of more just uh, doing more real-life stuff with the wife. Uh, for my birthday, I went, wound up going down to Hanford and going to Superior Dairy and eating my face off with ice cream. So <laughs> um, as far as games I have been playing, it's just the usual Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. Still working on my monk, getting up to level 70. And then portable-wise, just uh, 
new Super Mario Brothers 2 still I'm in world four now on uh, now so but uh, otherwise yeah I just had a kind of a busy week I'm looking forward to like starting tomorrow just to get home and get situated and play some games for once so <laughs> well for me I have been playing uh, the usual of course persona 5 I'm actually further in that game than I was when I uh, restarted. So it's good to be seeing new content, gaining new ground. All my social links are higher than where they were than uh, when I, on my initial playthrough. So I don't feel so under, underpowered. So I'm doing, having fun with that. Um, I've also been playing, I, I don't know what it is. Well, I know what it is. It's just a fun game. Um, Mario and Luigi Dream Team has just been holding on to my free time at work, and it refuses to let go. <laughs> it's it, a great it's, game. Oh great. man it it's it is even it's even pulled me away from Kirby time, which is saying a lot. Um, man, I the, I'm going to have to although I'm going to have to go to YouTube because I am at a point, and I know it's something real easy these games aren't aren't really hard per se but there's i know there's something that i'm just overlooking because i have to get this dude who's stuck in the fountain in the mushroom park i need to un get him unstuck from the fountain so i can continue on and i have searched every conceivable centimeter of that park and i cannot find where i need to go to to get that man unstuck so, but I am just having a blast with Mario Luigi Dream Team. And it's just been, uh, that's all I've been playing. When it's downtime at work, that's all I've been playing. This was supposed to be uh, uh, Vita Week at work because uh, I'm like at the tail end of uppers. But I've just, I've just been addicted to Dream Team. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I need to get past this part. But uh, also the uh, the last thing, well, the last two things I've been playing: Wolfenstein: The New Order. Man, I really enjoy that game. Although I'm stuck at an extremely frustrating section. I'm in this train depot, and these two like robot, well, like cyborg things have been dropped off, and I have to obviously I have to destroy them in order to get past them. The problem is, is that their weak points are on the back. And because there's two of them, when you try and sneak around one and start shooting, the other one comes in and gets you from behind. And it's just frustrating the heck out of me. I do have a weapon that can take them out, you know, in a frontal assault style, but it takes a lot of shots and you have to recharge it at the certain uh powerpoints in the on the level and man it's just frustrating the heck out of me uh so i'm uh but i'm still enjoying that game trying to get that wrapped up before uh new colossus comes out and the game that has had me like super engrossed on pc has been river city ransom underground um this game has so much meat on its in its combat that it is not even funny. Yes, it looks like an eight bit, well, like a well well animated eight bit game, but 
it's almost like a uh, like a roguelite because you have to know where to go, beat up enemies, far get the most coins, which you can use to upgrade your character, and you have to figure out these little shortcuts to where the where you can buy food to replenish your health, and where you can areas that you can consistently farm fairly easily. Uh, I've been using the boxer. There's there's like a crap ton of characters that you can use in this game there's i think there's at least seven seven or eight uh, i think four or five from the start and the rest are unlockable as you go on and man you can you can button mash it and get through it but you will do your if you're a brawler aficionado like i am the meat and potatoes of this game will just really grab you um, the only thing that I would suggest is that I'm at a point where if particularly when you're playing solo, starting a different character, because you're, if you start a different character, they're going to start at level one. And I tried that <laughs> last night <laughs> with a new character and depending on how, on their initial skill set of moves, that's a problem because I was using the, this luchador, who has some pretty kick-ass moves once you get him powered up. But at the level I am in the game, I feel that you really have to, particularly if you're playing solo, you have to start with a character and finish with that character and then start a new game fresh with a different character. Again, depending on the initial skill set, because some characters have better skills initially than others. The Luchador... His moves become real powerful as you upgrade him, but his opening skill set is a little, little is a little lacking. So probably gonna have to go back to my boxer or maybe try one of the other characters that I've unlocked so far. But uh, if you like Kunio Kun beat 'em ups, uh, if you played any of the River City games and, and you've enjoyed them. Go on Steam and get this game because it, it is freaking fantastic. The only thing I haven't done with it is I haven't played any co-op with it yet. Um, I kind of want to finish the game on my own and then maybe jump back into co-op. Probably gift this to my little nephew uh, and uh, run, it through, run it through rounds with him because he's just kind of started to dip his hand into beat him ups his uh his dad took him out took them out of town and he played final fight for the first time and he was telling me about that and he was kind of like yeah i was beating up these all these guys i said yeah you're definitely my nephew <laughs> so i want to en encourage that to uh, let the you know, spread the disease of beat em ups with with in the upcoming generation there so uh, that's pretty much all I have been playing. So, Des, why don't you let the folks know what games they can expect to pick up this coming week? Alrighty then. So, a uh, couple new games coming out. First one is Hellblade, uh, Sen Senua's Sacrifice for a PS4 and the PC. Uh, the game looks stunning. Looks like a really, really nice game. It's um, coming out this week. Um, out today. So, uh, yeah, out, out out today, you know, depending on when you're listening to it, Tuesday. Um, yeah, but it's it's got a uh, AAA feel, but it's made by a Ninja, Ninja Theory, 
Um, and it's um, it's beautiful. It's all motion capture. The, the, if you haven't watched any trailers for this game, it looks great. Definitely go out and uh, pick it up or give it a chance because it is on. Um, it's actually at a discounted price. I think it's thirty nine ninety nine or like forty bucks. So, so it's not that expensive. Um, the game isn't that long, but it it is long enough for the price that you're paying. And I really suggest picking it up. It's a, uh, it's got Celtic uh, Norse mythology in which this, um, you know this woman is going crazy basically and she's hearing a whole bunch of it's like um a lot of weird sight things as she's walking around this sort of hellscape the story is about her going to um going into hell in order to uh save a friend and she's basically going into madness or is it hell really or she's just crazy you never know really really never know until you actually play the game but it looks pretty good um yeah uh any of you guys thinking about picking this game up Oh, it's a definite. It's a definite. It's just a matter of when. Uh, uh, I've been a fan of Ninja Theory since uh, Heavenly Sword, and and really when I first when I first saw uh, information about this game, I actually thought it was like in a way a continuation of Heavenly Sword because uh, the main character looks like a grown up version of uh, uh, oh gosh I was about to say her name the main character's sister uh, because she kind of ha- exhibits a lot of similar traits to, uh, I guess her name is Senua in this game. Uh, she has multiple personality disorders. She's, she's, you know, mentally unstable. And I was thinking when they first announced this game, I was hoping that it would be kind of like a spiritual successor to heavenly sword because, uh, I think if that game truly, truly deserves to have a, a sequel, and I would not be mad at a remaster on that game either. But yeah, I'm definitely picking up Hellblade for sure. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Another game that's coming out is Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, which is a four in one collection, um, an evolution of, of the um, retro revolution of the series, including Mega Man 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, it looks like it's coming out, you know, uh, this week, and it looks really good. I mean, I've I've played these games before, and the fact that it is, and the fact that it's coming out for a PS4 is great. When you, um, I know you probably can't get it now for free, but there was a um, there was a theme that was designed by Udon, who who does a lot of a uh, a lot of uh, Capcom illustrations. They did a they did an art book, The Art of Capcom, which was a collection of. Um, their artists doing Capcom um, characters, and it's really, really good. Um, but the theme looks great. But that that game is coming out. Um, are you guys going to pick this up? I know Joe is, because I know Joe loves Mega Man, so I'm all, I can only imagine if you haven't bought it already. <laughs> uh, I haven't bought it yet, but it's like it's a, it's a foregone conclusion is whether I buy it digitally or get the physical version. The physical version, it's only uh, 20 bucks, so... I know you're going to get the physical version. I mean, come on. That's what, that way, if you get tired of it, you can trade it. You know, Joe, come on now. You ain't going to buy it. Come on, Joe. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a actually big thing about the uh, online today about the, the collection because for whatever reason, Capcom decided not to take out the license by Nintendo splash screen on Mega Man 7. So uh, that's kind of a no-no. Is it licensed by Nintendo? I don't think so. so. Wow. Well, oh well. I mean, they don't seem to be caring. Or, or, or you should buy it now before the future copies have that removed. 
So mm. Mm. Oh, they'll probably pass edition. They'll probably pass that out. Probably. Though. Probably. So the next one, and this will probably be uh something up here, Ali Raphael, since you are a Batman fan, as am I, uh The Enemy Within is coming out, which is the new Telltale uh new Telltale version. It's the sec it's the new version, not new version, but it's like the sequel to uh Batman uh, the Telltale series. Um, it's a five-part episodic story in which we'll see Bruce Wayne attempt to crack Riddler's puzzles, uh, which foreshadow an even greater dilemma. So um, we're going to see the Riddler. Most likely we're going to see the Joker as well. Um, so what are you guys thinking about this game? Are you guys going to pick it up? I have the Batman Telltale series, and I haven't I haven't played it yet only because I know uh, it got really good reviews, and I know if I play it, I'm just going to sit down. I'm, just, I'm probably going to try to I'm probably going to play it in one sitting because I hear it's very, very engaging. So I, I can only imagine that this one is going to be as engaging as the other one. So what do you guys think of this one? So is this the same get like this is season two, but like, yep. is this like, in other words, I bought the season pass or whatever. Does this included in that? Uh, it should be. I would think no, for, it's not. It's, it's a separate not. Thing. It, oh, I thought it was. I it, thought it was season two. It's not. No, it's it's a new season. It's a new season. Uh, that if you bought the retail version of the previous Telltale, the Batman the Telltale's yeah. uh, game, uh, that whole thing concluded. That's its own thing. This is an entirely new game. Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay. So it's a yeah. new story. Okay, it's a new so story. Yes, okay. I'll probably wait and play that one first. I still haven't finished it. Okay, see, I yeah. thought, I thought, see, and that's the thing with buying it as a as a collection. I guess when I bought it as a collection, it's all of the episodes, and when you buy the season pass, you're buying the episode. You're you're, you're you don't have to do it because you're you you literally bought all the episodes within that season, correct? What what Telltale has done now is that they've re- released their retail discs when the first episode comes out, and the disc has the ability once the other episodes in this in the um, series come out that you're able to then download them onto your uh, particular platform. So like Guardians of the Galaxy, I know hasn't concluded yet, but uh, they've been releasing episodes uh, every so often. And by buying the retail disc, they're able to sell that when uh, the first episode comes out. So, and you know, if you know Telltale, you know, eventually they'll reach on the PlayStation store on Xbox uh, live marketplace or on Steam that you're going to be able to buy the season pass for pretty cheap at some point. So, all right. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm definitely probably going to. I mean, I'm definitely probably. I'm probably going to pick it up. You know, because I again, I'm a Batman fan too. So, and the last game coming out this week is Lawbreakers, and I know some of you guys are really excited about this game. I'm not so sure. I don't know. Um, they just had a um, they had a open beta weekend at the end of July, and Bosky Productions. Uh, has been hard work uh, since then, you know, refining the game as it will be coming out this week. Um, if you don't know what Lawbreakers is, it's sort of like um, it's it's Destiny like. I'm not gonna lie, you know, it's it's an arena based shooter where people have various different powers depending on the role in the class they're doing. I guess there's like strikers or titans and you know the basic you know hunter type uh, type. Um, type roles and i guess there's five instead of the three that were in destiny but it is a first person shooter um and there's like the gravity defying type things where you go into an area on the map and you have to run around um 
in like zero gravity and fight in zero gravity in a first person shooter in which in which your guns and your rockets or whatever will propel you around the the battlefield. So that's kind of I don't want to say gimmick, but that's one of the things that they added to it to separate it from Destiny. But everyone does have a like they have a weapon that they normally use and they have a special power that they can use and they have rockets and stuff like that. But um, it's very much more, in my opinion, um, based on your role and what your and what your that kit has. So I I think it's more like um, Overwatch than it is destiny because in destiny you can actually change your loadouts and then this one i don't think you can you know you just get different uh upgrades to your to your weapon or to your character so please correct me if i'm wrong but that's coming out for uh playstation 4 and pc and it's out this week are any of you guys gonna pick this up i probably won't because you know i'm destiny's kind of you know that that that's kind of the one that i play and i think destiny would be mad at me if i did so i'm not gonna I'm not going to upset her, so you know, what do you guys think? I bought this. Oh, what did you think? What did you think? Um, I've not played it very okay. much, but I, I, it's up my alley. It's kind of like an Unreal-esque Overwatch type game. Did you play uh, the I, beta? Very little. I, okay. I, I, know, I know I'm going to like it, so I didn't spend too much time into it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I liked what I saw at E3, what the footage they showed at E3. So I actually uh, went the whole hog and I bought the um, limited retail release Ooh, of it, the, the disc version for forty bucks. I know the game's uh, available on PSN for thirty, but uh, limited run games. This last uh, Friday, put the game up uh, on a limited release. Uh, I think it was five thousand copies were made altogether. So you I picked did, it up. I have the disc version, yeah. It's just I'm gonna have to wait for that disc version to get pressed and delivered to me. So it might take a few weeks. So I'm gonna kind of be out in the cold on it until uh, I actually get my version shipped to me. So wow. I'm so jealous, man. Wow. Can you still get that? Uh, I don't think so, because Limited Run usually they they put their that's press awesome. they put their um, games up on Friday usually, and then pretty much that's it. Like uh, there were two games that went up this last Friday, it was the wonder boy, the monster uh, trap and um, lawbreakers. And I was definitely waiting for wonder boy to get released retail because I wanted to definitely uh, buy that game with the least a physical release. And so I just kind of tied both together, ordered both together. So, oh, cool. but uh, limited run, I mean, pretty much you have to catch the game once they bring it out, it's like 7 a.m. And, and usually it's uh, 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 10 p.m. Um, Eastern time. And then also I think they put their last run up, I believe, around like I think 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, where basically they once they sell out, they have sold out the entirety of the run on that. This week, uh, the game that they are featuring, because it's usually once a week, they put a, a limited game up for uh purchase night trap is up this week on friday so mm. all righty then cool kev you gonna pick it up no this this is definitely not not in my not in my wheelhouse i, oh. I suck at multiplayer shooters anyway it <laughs> just be a an, an unending uh, exercise and frustration you be you basically that 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 running that running dummy for them to like practice on huh like a practice yeah, yeah run that's, and die. that's how i feel run and die. You know, that's how i feel too sometimes it's... i don't know i i've been looking for a fps kind of like unreal tournament like quake 3 i'm i miss those 
fast paced, just super twitch uh, FPS games. So, I mean, I played quite a bit of Unreal Tournament in my time. So, and Quake 3. So, that's why I'm kind of definitely keeping an eye on this thing. So, cool. All right, everybody. That's it for the drop. Okay. And right now, we're going to announce our this will be our very first game night coming up this Thursday, 9 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be playing on the PlayStation 4 platform. And, uh, well, these are the games that were that are in on the initial because, you know, a lot of people may have them. Uh, we've got Zombie Army Trilogy, the For, Arm, the For Honor free weekend uh, free download demo, as well as the Ghost Recon Wildlands 1 and Killing Floor 2, which is a part, which I believe was part of last month's uh, PlayStation uh, uh, PSN <laughs> games with, uh, I forget, I'm about to call it games with gold. PS Plus. PS Plus, that's what it's called, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> so... We're going to be playing those games. Uh, If there's anything else that folks would like to play uh, that's not on the list that I just uh, spat out, go ahead and contact us. We can be reached on Twitter, at Gaming Vessels. Tell us what games you want to play, what games you have, because it's highly likely that we already have it. And if not, it wouldn't really be too big of a problem for us to get a hold of a copy of it. So... Uh, that's going to be coming up this Thursday. And, uh, as we get ready to close out the show, uh, Raphael, thanks for joining us on our, as our first guest, uh, really enjoyed the discussion you brought with the VR. I'm glad you're enjoying that technology. Um, for those, uh, why don't you let those, let folks know where they can reach you, what platforms you're playing, what games you're playing right now, if. Some folks want to get in contact with you for some multiplayer. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you can get me on PSN. I am Ralph Boricua 22. That's R A F B O R I C U A 22. And on Xbox, I am Ollie Ogun 0022. My bad, y'all. Alberto was our first guest on our show. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, Raphael is our second guest, but uh, as we, as I mentioned before, we part of what a big part of our podcast is having our listeners come on and discuss gaming topics of gaming that are of interest to them. So please join the conversation. And Raphael's number two. Al, forgive me, was number one. <laughs> and for us, uh, I am Shonuff Seven on PSN. Des is Nemo Tigger. That's N E M O T G G R. Trader Joe is Kamunagara, K A M U N A G A R A. And uh, that's how you get in contact with us on PSN. I can be reached on uh, Xbox Live at Shonuff071 as well as Steam. Uh, also Shonuff71. Uh, on Twitter, we can be reached at Joe Fangool. That's for Trader Joe. I can be reached at Shonuff71. Des can be reached at Nemo Cub, N-E-M-O-C-U-B. 
And uh, Roth, you can be reached at ogun22. Uh, if you want to make contact with 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 any of us, you know we're here for the community to play games, talk about games on social media. Uh, that's that's the purpose of this podcast, and we're hoping to spur on those conversations and uh, grow the community. If you want to be a part of the show, just like Raphael was tonight, uh, go ahead and send us an email at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Just, you know, tell us what you want to talk about gaming related. We'll get you on the show and you'll be able to, to talk about whatever topic is is on your mind. Gaming culture, video games, genres, whatever you whatever it is you want to discuss. We're here for you. So with that, folks, we're going to bring this episode to a close. We want to thank you for listening to us. I can't believe we're at at 12 episodes already. this is freaking awesome man i have been enjoying doing this show and we will be back next week for episode 13 thank you for listening peace